You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, everybody? How you doing, my Vox and Hop heads? Matt here, as always, stoked. I hope you had a good week. I had a great week. I'm taking some time at home with my family. I'm really enjoying it. I uh, had the time to do a bunch of interviews. I had the time to spend some time with the family, some of my friends, and uh, I've drank a whole bunch of great beer throughout the past week. I hope that you guys did as well. I had uh, the extreme pleasure of being a part of uh, a Pantera trip band, which is called Goddamn Electric, which uh, took place last uh, Saturday at Club Soda. When I started playing gigs downtown with Three Mile Scream, it was uh, one of the biggest venues that we got to play, and uh, it always holds a, a special spot in my heart when I get to play there again. It was a great gig. I went out and performed Slaughtered with them, and uh, while I was prepping for the song, I knew the song well, but I didn't know it as well as uh, you know I would have to to go out and perform it, and I was uh, tinkering with the idea of doing a Phil-esque cover, a Phil Alamat style vocal, and when I went to go practice with them, finally I just decided to go straight up death metal and keep it brutal. And uh, the band really liked it, and uh, it was it was a great time. So uh, I had a great time there. Uh, afterwards, we made our way to uh, Fufon Electric, which is uh, a classic uh, bar here in Montreal, a metal bar here in Montreal. It is basically the CBGBs of Montreal, and I was hanging out with some Vox and Hops alumni. I was hanging out with Danny Marino and Chris Kells from The Agonist. And as we're about to order our crappy bar beer, we look and we see a little tap hiding in the back. And there it is, Boreal Zunares IPA, which just is an IPA that just ranked number one IPA on RateBeer.com. So we ordered a pint of that in a plastic glass, which was disappointing, but it is foof, so what can you expect? And we had one of those. Uh, as I was discussing with Danny at that moment, uh, I was telling him about how I've been doing my beer of the week, and I was thinking about adding in my album of the week, because I tend to listen to a lot of music being a musician, and uh, I like to listen to a lot of new music, and uh, I was thinking about sharing with what I've been listening to with all of you. So uh, Danny challenged me and said what I should be doing is a pairing. I pair a beer with an album and I was like that is a very good idea so uh, thank you Danny Marino for this idea and I'm going to do it right now so uh, my pairing of the week which is uh, my album of the week matched with my beer of the week from February 15th to February 22nd Herod's Somme de Saint and uh, the beer that I think that goes just so perfectly with it is Bierri Shelton's Russian stout which has been aged for six months in a bourbon cask so the reason that I think that these two go so well together is because they are both dark, they are both ominous, yet the beer has a little bit of hints of chocolate, vanilla, It's uh, and the album is not just dark and ominous. There are moments of uh, uplifting melodies that come through with the vocals, and uh, sometimes when it gets to breathe, uh, I really, really, really enjoyed 
this beer. I really, really, really enjoyed this album. Herod is a progressive sludge band from Switzerland, and they're going out on tour soon with The Ocean. And uh, if I can give you like a, a band description of what this new album sounds like, I would think that it's like the bastard love child of Meshuggah meets Gojira meets The Ocean. So them touring with The Ocean makes perfect sense. The beer, on the other hand, is, uh, as I said, very dark. Uh, I found it a little bit too uh, effervescent, but as it settled, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like my stouts a bit more flat almost but and creamy. Uh, the boozy, boozy notes of the bourbon are just spectacular. If you like beers like this, if you like bands like I mentioned, you should do the pairing. So my pairing of the week, once again, is Hebrod's Sombre de Saint and Bierrerie Shelton's Imperial Stout aged in a bourbon cask. Coming up this week on Vox and Hops, episode number 21, I had the pleasure to sit down with uh, one of my bandmates. I sat down with uh, Olivier Pinard, who plays bass for Cryptopsy, but he also is a super busy dude, and he plays bass for Vengeful, which is an extremely interesting, brutal, dark death metal band from Montreal. He also plays in a band with uh, ex-members of Cryptopsy and Naraxis, and that band is called Acurian. And he also plays, he's just about to go record the new Cattle Decapitation record. So I'm super stoked to hear some of that, see where that's going to go. I'm a big fan of Cattle, and when uh, he had the opportunity to be a part of it, I was uh, extremely supportive of that decision. So check out our conversation where we talk about uh, his extremely busy year that he has coming up, uh, some of the obstacles that Cryptopsy and Cattle Decapitation will have to face in order to have Ollie in both of our bands, uh, his love of uh, wrestling. We also talk about uh, some horrible silly cryptopsy drunk topsy stories which probably shouldn't be shared but we did uh we announce uh, some future stuff coming up with cryptopsy so check all that out coming up on vox and hops episode number 21 with olivier pinard i warn you what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed Hey, how's it going, everybody? Here we are, Vox and Hops, episode number 21, and we are at Vice-Versa on St. Laurent Street in Montreal, and Vice-Versa, along with Le Saint-Buc, in my opinion, probably has uh, the best uh, beer selection of craft beers in Montreal. Uh, today I am here with uh, my bassist from Cryptopsy, the great Ali Pinard. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, dude? I'm good, and you? I'm very, very good. I'm nice. very good. Good. Let's, let's give some uh, people some context. Uh, <laughs> this is actually the second time that we've recorded this interview. Strike two. Yeah, yeah. Take <laughs> Two. The first Take two, was yeah. a strike three immediately. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so to give everyone a bit of context why that happened is uh, we were on Hell Over Europe 2. <laughs> we had uh, just finished playing the last part of the European run of it. So yeah, it after a show in Netherlands. Yes. Before uh, we hit the border. Yes, for so the, to the UK. Sometimes, for <laughs> some reason, whenever we end up going across the border... <laughs> We tend to get really, really, really too drunk. I don't know why it happens, but Flo always tells us that day, don't yeah. drink too much, don't be embarrassing, uh, we're crossing the border, you got to be serious, and somehow it just always unravels. <laughs> so so that time it absolutely did. And uh, we apparently were, I'm very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were standing in line at customs and... 
if I remember correctly, they, you had to rewrite your your landing card. Yeah, it just be- fucked up because it just uh, it was just nonsense. Yeah. So uh, we had the great idea of, of after finally getting across the border to climb back into the bus. We were still awake. We'd have more beers. Why not record the podcast? So we we listened to it. <laughs> A few days after, oh and, and we, we mutually decided that uh, it was the last pizza episode. It's yeah. it's an episode that is not going to come out. So here we are again. Oh my god! How have you been doing? <laughs> How have you been doing? This is uh, the first episode that I've recorded in 2019. How have you been doing? How has life been? I know you've been really busy. For people that don't know, you're prepping to record the new cattle decapitation record. Yep. And you just came back from two weeks in California because sure. you were at NAM. Tell me about that. Yeah. Basically, I just. I I had an invitation by uh, Spectre Base, so I, I went there just to represent the company, represent the band, uh, just to show the people something different. Because when you wa- walk around at NAM, it's there's a lot of different styles of musicians. There's like, especially for bass players, there's a lot of funky bass players. So when you showed up and you play with distortion and you hit hard. It's different. It's very different. So uh, I was there to represent metal, extreme metal. Uh, so it was very cool. Yeah, I had the chance to hang out with uh, a lot of friends, actually, like my my good good friend Jacko from Defeated Sanity, all the guys from Fit for, uh, Fit for an Autopsy, Immolation, all the guys from Immolation. I had the chance to hang out with them. So, no, it was it was fun, but it's, it's exhausting being at them. It's... There's so many people. It's crazy. It's overcrowded, and it's loud. It's ah. It's it, one day was enough for me. Like I won't. Like no, I won't do it like more than one day. Did you like uh, have a booth where you were set up and you you played some tunes, or you were just there hanging out? Uh, just, I was just there hanging out. Had the chance to play uh, a little bit at the Spectre booth, but it was it wasn't an official demo or clinic or whatever it was just me playing trying some new models and uh, no that's it what would be your favorite thing from the weekend at nam yeah uh, it, it's kind of cool to be surrounded by all these musicians that i used to worship like for example you walk around and boom mick thompson from slipknot you just uh, the, the bass player from slipknot uh, what is it alessandro uh, oh it, yes, yes, yes. He was there, yeah. but the I, I was in London. To, ah. to talk to him because he was so far away. It's it's hard to just maintain a conversation because everyone is is there for the same reason is to sell their product or uh, to do some PR for the band, or whatever. So it's. It's, it's kind of hard to just maintain a good conversation because everyone is so busy. Yeah. Who is the top contact you feel like you met? Contact? Something that you think that your, your career will benefit from in the future? At NAM? Having have been there. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to say because I didn't... Um, maybe Dark Glass Electronics. Just being at the Dark Glass booth with all the crew. It, it was fun. It's a... Uh, this company is getting bigger and bigger every year. It's it's amazing how big they are now and how popular. But they have quality products, so they deserve it. Now, let's explain what, what Dark Glass is for Dark, people that don't understand. It's a company they, they built. Uh, they, they, they start by building pedals, like distortion pedal for bass. But distortion and preamp, and now they, they do a lot of different effects. Uh, There's a lot of different pedals. I didn't try all of them, but 
it's pretty good. And now they, they do their own amps as well, like bass head. I use one of them. I use the Microtube 900, which is amazing because it's, it's, it's like a MacBook. It's so small and so light. That it's not even five pounds. Yeah. So it's perfect when I fly. Like when we tour in Europe, it's my carry-on luggage. It's perfect. It can fit under uh, under the seat. Versus what you used to have, which was <laughs> this giant box that would take the two guys bitch. to carry. <laughs> yeah, the big bird. I hate her. But no, she, uh, she's retired now. <laughs> she's done. Let's drink a beer. Yeah. Where we're lucky, uh, Vice Versa has many beers, so we decided to do the first Vox and Hops uh, Tasters Platter. So before us, uh, we have six beers. Oh, yeah. And we'll work our way through them slowly. Uh, I'll list them off all one by one now, and then we'll, we'll go through them one by one as we go. So the first one we're going to drink is the Funk Royale from Brasserie Dunham. Then we're going to move our way to Saison Ours by Sutton, and then 15 Vices by Matera. And then four champagne from Brasserie Haricana. Stout Imperial from Vruden. And the oh, Turbo yeah. Brute number three from C7, which I have to... I have to, uh, to to Google to know what C7 is because I don't even know what that is. We'll start with Dunham. It's this nice little pink one here. This one? Yeah. It's a uh, going to be a nice sour beer. From what I've read, it is a saison. Interesting color. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. I've actually read that rosé beer is going to be the next big thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm curious. Let's try this. It is the sassiest saison of the season. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's a photo-aged plum gr- grisette. And it's supposed to be dry, funky, and a little tart. Cheers. Funky. And the nose is sweet. Whoa. Yeah. Mm, it's really, really very extremely tart. Yeah. Sour. Uh, it's good, but it's not my cup of tea. No, I'm mean, not sure. I, I would, like a taster like that is yeah, perfect but for a me, full but pint. I won't drink a full pint yeah. of this. But it's good. It's good. Maybe on a hot summer day in the yeah, sun. Ma- yeah. No. Yeah, maybe for a summer summertime. For me, it will, it will work better. So what else did you do in California after NAM? Uh, actually, uh, I joined a guy from Cattle uh, before NAM. I spent 10 days with them. We worked on some new materials, uh, some new songs. uh, And so far, so good, man. We have, at the moment, we have eight songs. But it's not complete yet. It's just eight strong, um, solid skeleton, if I can say, like canvas. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to add stuff like layers uh, a lot of different layers especially the vocals because now there's no vocals so it's so weird to listen to cattle decap without the vocals like there's something missing yeah there's a huge part missing it's <laughs> such a crucial part of the band oh, yeah. but it's gonna be good it's gonna be the i think it's gonna be his biggest album for Travis, Tra- Travis, Travis. Is big but for for the band, it's gonna be a major album. It's a major release. But I mean, for Travis, for his vocal vocal wise, it's gonna be huge. Like, get ready for some catchy chorus and stuff like that. It's going. How how, how did uh, you end up in Cattle Decapitation? Uh, how? Yeah. Um, back in two, 2013, they uh, they they were on Summer Slaughter. And uh, for a reason, Derek, the old bass player, he was not allowed uh, 
he, he couldn't make it to Canada. So he he wrote me. He asked me to fill for him. So uh, yeah, it was the perfect timing. It was just after a cryptopsy tour. So I was like, okay, I can do it. So I had to learn. It was just 25 minutes because it's summer slaughter. It's a short set. But I had to learn what five, five or six songs. And uh, whatever, without any practice with the band, without rehearsal, I just jumped on stage. And I remember I was so stressed. Before the show, we played Toronto was my first show in them. And I was backstage and I, I went to Josh, the guitar player. He was warming up. And I was like, hey, dude, you want to jam a little bit? Just practice some stuff. And he was like, no, no, it'll be good. Like, oh, <laughs> thanks. The big, like, D, the big D sent you tabs or you picked it yeah, all up yeah, by ear? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he sent me all the tabs because otherwise I will have. I think I had three weeks notice. And one of them, I was on tour with Cryptopsy with you guys in the East, Eastern Europe. Yes, yes. So, uh, so basically, I had to learn all the songs in two weeks. So yeah, I, I needed the tabs at that moment. <laughs> but the rest of the the catalogs, when I joined the band uh, earlier, but last year, uh, it's it's uh, all by here. They sent me just the bass tracks, isolated bass tracks, and I had to oh, just pick them up. Pick them up, yeah. Because once, was once a big, big challenge for me. Once Big D was no longer in the band, they immediately thought of you because it went well for those shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, actually, Travis, like me and Travis had a good relationship. Like we we're good friends. So yeah, I had that feeling, you know, after the, those shows, those shows in 2013, I had a feeling that man. There's something special. There's something special uh, with this band. And I don't know, a few years later, like what, four years later, when they called me, I was like, without any hesitation, I was like, all right, let's try it, man. Because at first I was just a session guy. I, I, we played three three shows last year as a session guy. And then they just asked me, you want to be in a band? You want to be on the next re records? No, for sure, man. It's... Like I didn't want to miss the boat, and I was like, "No, I need to, I need that gig," you know. So you didn't have any apprehensions or worries about the clashing with Cryptopsy? We, oh, of course, of course. It's a, I'm a, I'm a little bit anxious some moment when I think about it because I'm like, it's gonna be intense, like touring wise, because I might miss some shows with Crypto or Cattle. It's, it's gonna be hard just to fit both schedule, but. At the end, at the end of the day, I think we can work something. We can do something about it because I don't know. We all we all have different projects in life, like family, studio, uh, own personal business. And for myself, I just try to to be a bass player, full time bass player. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was like, I need that gig. I can't, I can't miss that. You know. I, I remember when you were you were contemplating taking it or not and I just said absolutely said you should take it <laughs> because it's a big opportunity and you can't miss out and in my opinion yeah I, I, I remember yeah I was working in a food truck at the uh, jazz fest at the jazz festival in, in Montreal and yeah, I, yeah. it was the very same day that that morning Travis really? asked me That's and so funny. he showed us I was like <laughs> I was like it's no I had to tell him because I was so stressed and then I called Chris and Chris said the same thing he said dude do it you need to do it mm -hmm. Like don't miss that opportunity. I think we'll make it work. We'll we'll figure it out. I we'll think, we'll I announce 
release it right now. Uh, we're doing the Hell Over America, the Blast Beat Party, coming up uh, from March 20th to about April 20th. And then we're home for a few weeks. And then we're going to Europe, and you're not going to be there. Nope. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's weird. Uh, right now, I don't realize it that much. Probably when I'm going to see some footage, live footage, or what, or just when you guys going to be in Europe, and I will be... Because I won't be on that tour because I will be in studio with cattle. That mm -hmm. We have to mention this. It's not like, uh, oh, I'm just staying home and do nothing. No, no, no. I'm going to be in studio, but still, it's going to be weird not to be with you guys. It's going to be the first time in, what, since 2012 that... The I'm band on stage with, uh, without you, yeah. Yeah. With playing crypto. That the so. band play with a different bass player, so he's gonna. For me, it's weird. Yeah. He's gonna be weird, you know? But. Uh, right now, you're training someone. Can we. Sure, why not? The guy? Yeah, uh, Dom, my good friend Dom from Iron Dissonance, mm -hmm. and the last Fellini, he's gonna feel for me. So right now, I'm training the guy. Uh, show him all the parts, uh, and the good thing he lives like 15 minutes away yeah, from. Yeah, he's my a place, solid so player. We've we've known him for years. Uh, he, he, he's he's also he's working with Chris like studio wise. Yeah. So and when you're touring, I, you I want you want to you want to be comfortable. Yeah. Versus just having the best player. Not that he's not a good player. That's not what I'm saying. But I'd rather take someone that I know that I can live with. Yeah, he's gonna be versus someone that I can stand on stage only. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, he's going to fit well with you guys. He's a cool... He's, a cool he's funny, yeah. Okay. He likes good beers as well. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so him and Chris together, man, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're, we're hitting Europe. Uh, Dom's going to be there playing bass. We're doing the Netherlands Death Fest. We're doing the Dreamer Fest. And then we're doing a, some little... What's the Dreamer Fest? Is the one in France? I don't know, but I should. I just knew the name. You've called me out and now I don't know. The Dreamer <laughs> Fest. The Hold Festival on. du Rêveur. C'est un rêve. It is in France. You're absolutely right. In Saint-Omer. Ah. Yeah. So we're doing that, and then we're doing a few dates and leading up into uh, the first time up in Scandinavia for a long time. I've never been to Scandinavia. That's again. the thing. I would have loved yeah. to play Scandinavia. Sweden. You yeah. guys were going to play yeah. Sweden. Three dates, I think, in Sweden. And yeah. Oslo in Norway. Yeah. yeah. And then we make I've never way been back there. So. Into Germany and stuff, and then we're going to head back home. So uh, more, more details of that tour will be announced uh, probably shortly after this podcast comes out. So you guys are all getting a little sneak peek. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about beer a little bit. Uh, sure. When did you start getting into craft beer? What was the beer that... Uh, I think I was two years old or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, craft beer. Now, no joke. When I started drinking, when I was younger, at, at 16, 17, uh, always, my first pick was always the Unibrew. Just because of the branding, because I thought it was so cool, like La Moudid, like the Devils, and I don't know, just the branding. Like uh, I always choose a book because of by his cover. I always like same for a CD. I pick the best artwork. I don't care what's the music. I bought the music. I just want the best looking artwork. Which is why you have a whole <laughs> Iron Maiden leg. That's it. <laughs> I'm a Maiden guys. But no, uh, no, nah, nah, no joke. But yeah, so Unibrew. So I think since that I've always been into good beers I guess because I've never really been into Budweiser Coors Light all that stuff I never liked it never mm. never past Blue Ribbon like I don't see the point of drinking that don't get me wrong 
if I have no other choice, like if it's 4 a.m. <laughs> in a tour bus and that's all we have, I'm going to take care of it for sure. <laughs> you know that. Well, not, not you. It's never you. No, it's not me. <laughs> The other dude, uh, <laughs> the other side of fucking you. <laughs> asshole, uh, Elo, <laughs> legendary Elo. What would be uh, your your top beer of the moment? At the moment, ooh, I don't know. I really love all the new New England IPA kind of stuff, but to pick one, it's hard because there there's like the classic, the Boreal. Nares, which is amazing. Just just got ranked number one on Rate Beer. It is? Yeah, huh? number one IPA. Yeah. It's it's really good. It's very solid. But I really like the Shelton one. It's the IPA, it's, IPA it's easier to the New England IPA or the IPA du jour? New England. But IPA okay. Jour it's really good. Wintertime I really love the Porter, the Tennessee uh, Tennessee thirteen from uh, Pit Caribou. Aged in bourbon. Oh, there. oh my god. I think it just came out, I gotta find one. It, it, it's I feel like yet. I think it just, yeah. just, just came out. Yeah, I have yeah. one uh, at home. Like I just wait for the right moment. Like oh. coldest day, you know. You're, you're much more, much more conservative and uh, able to con- contain oh. yourself. <laughs> but no. if I have beer at my house, I drink them. Actually, no. that's the only one I have because uh, <laughs> otherwise they they won't stay longer in the fridge. <laughs> nope. Next beer, Saison d'Ours, Auberge Sutton Brewery. What number? Number nine. nine. Yeah. So it's a uh, Saison. It smells a bit sweet. Yeah. Its color is um, almost like straw. Ooh. It's a nice drinkable, very drinkable beer. Yep. Especially after the sour After one the there. sour one. Yeah. What's the name of that beer again? Uh, the Saison d'Ours. Saison d'Ours. Saison d'Ours. Saison d'Ours. Interesting. It's good. It's good. It's not bad at all. Um, Sutton is um, a nice little place. That, that's from Sutton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what brewery again? Sutton. Just, Br- Sutton Brewery. Yeah, no, no. I think I went no, there uh, two years ago. You did, you did, yeah. That's why I'm bringing it up. Okay. What's the name of that? Uh, Aubert Sutton. Aubert Sutton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I went there with my girlfriend. We spent the night at the brewery. And we had a room upstairs. So then we just... We can bring the beers, beers upstairs. It's really cool. It's uh, it was nice, uh, co- cozy place. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for vacation. Summertime at Sutton is beautiful. But Sutton, we have a, we have a cool story about Sutton. We play a wedding. In was Sutton. it in Sutton? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. We play. I forgot about a lot of things that night. Yeah. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, so we show up at this wedding. It's outside. And it was like in, in August, in, I want to say. Uh, or like September. Yes, yeah, September. Okay. And uh, 2005, 2014? It was before the, we, we weren't doing before much at the, the time. Book of Suffering. So, yeah. yeah. We, we got hired by the bride to be a present, a secret present for her husband, who was a huge Cryptopsy fan. So, she hires us to come in to play two songs? Yeah. We played Phobophile and Initiate. That's right. <laughs> so we show up in the middle of the afternoon. They're not there. The The couple, are, I guess, are at the church or somewhere else or something. Yeah, it was the, the ceremony, the wedding ceremony. And we, we, we sound checked. Everything went fine. We played in this tent. And then we had to leave because we were surprised. So we go into town. We find this little pub, which had karaoke. Actually, we went to two or three different pubs. Because <laughs> we spent like, all the rest of the afternoon... On a terrace. Then we went to a restaurant. 
we went keep drinking. We were keeping drinking, and then we went to the karaoke place. I and remember. we were already drunk, <laughs> and then we had to play. <laughs> and Chris sang his Bon Jovi. No, before that, remember we had dinner uh, in, a, in, in, in a secret room, and we, we had wines. Yes, and yes. Long story short, the whole bridal party and everyone at the wedding goes outside of the tent at one For point fireworks to launch up these like lanterns, lanterns. Chinese lanterns yeah, up yeah. into the sky, and they all come back inside, and there we are. We start playing Phobophile. No, no, we start with uh, Emaciate. Was it Emaciate first? We started with Emaciate. Chris's guitar cuts out. Yeah, so it was just bass. I'm Acoustic drums, discovered no trigger, nothing. That, that when I get drunk, I forget all my words. <laughs> and I was, I was completely lost. And the, it was the gr- terrible. It was really, really just <laughs> terrible. Bench. We're sorry, whoever the groom was. I wish I remembered him. We we owe you I some more remember. songs. Yeah, yeah. He he enjoyed it. He was super into it. We actually we uh, hired a guy to the document all of this. Oh, he filmed Anthony. You're right, Anthony. He filmed everything. So we have the footage about the wedding somewhere. You're right. We just need to pay the guy. That's it. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. It could have been a cool video. Can you imagine? Cryptops, you play a wedding. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And right after we played Phobo Fire, it was the, how do they call that? The, the, the first dance? You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the first dance. That's it, yeah. Bride and oh groom first God. dance. And the, the, grand, the grandmother just looking she at me while us. I'm screaming. <laughs> Like, it was too funny. That's true. I'd forgotten about that. Ghost Sutton. Oh, we're, we're, we're Hail crypt- Sutton. We're cryptopsing through them. Hail Sutton. Hail Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> Next beer. This is the beer that I was uh, most excited to taste. Uh, with 15 vices. Ooh, 15 vices. Uh, from Matera. Matera is the brewery that brews Stuttgart Stout, which was the ah, okay. top uh, nice. beer of the week a few weeks ago. And uh, I, I just like uh, I like that place. Matera. Matera. It's going to be the first time I try this one. Oh. 15 Vices, Matera. Oh, it smells wonderful. It smells like uh, citrusy hops. Oh, yeah. Sort of like alcohol <laughs> Boozy. It's only 6.5%, though. Number 15. Number 11. We're looking at the big board here. Where they have all their brews listed. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite so far. What is one of your craziest tour stories? There is a lot. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot. you feel of like sharing. Crazy tour story. But first, my first European tour with you guys in 2013 with Cattle, Cattle Decap, and Decrepit Bird. Uh, I think it was in Germany. Me and Chris got locked inside of the venue. No, it no, it wasn't the venue. It was like the backstage area, but it was a different building next to the venue. And me and Chris, we just I think bus call was at 5 a.m. So me and Chris spent the night over there, for, just for the Wi-Fi basically. And then it was 4 4 a.m. So we're like, okay, it's time to go. But then we realized we were locked in the building and. The, there was no way to uh, unlock the door. We need we needed a key, and we needed someone outside to unlock the door for us with a key. So we're like, "Fuck, what are we supposed to do?" So I think I don't know. We contact the TM, the tour manager, 
Or I can't remember exactly what. You must have texted I, one of us. Yeah, or we tried to contact everyone on the bus, basically. And uh, this is like in 2013, so we didn't have the cell phone packages that we have no, now. No, I didn't. I didn't have my cell phone actually, but no, I, th- I think I had because we had Wi-Fi. No, we had the but phones, n- but we didn't have cell phone like brought like packages, like the cellular data packages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it took it took at least a good. 20 to 30 minutes before people realized that we were missing and then I don't know we were just knocking on the door ah, and yelling and help us and out of sudden uh, Bill the lead singer of Decrepit Bird and Big D the cattle decap bass player back then they just smashed the door they start kicking the door and basically they just destroyed the whole thing <laughs> I remember <laughs> and, this very and well and yeah. said this is home buster <laughs> <laughs> I have a video of this somewhere I'll, I'll try to make it put it in the link somehow <laughs> this is home buster basically what it was, I remember we tried to contact the promoter nobody could get a hold of him it's 5 o'clock in the morning he's obviously sleeping Oh, and, and then the, the next day, the promoter he message he sent a message to Stefano, the tour Who manager. Was our tour and manager. He said, yeah. uh, "Was it Stefano?" Stefano was the TM of the tour. Okay, so yeah, he was doing uh, sound and TM. So, so yeah, shout he, out Stefano from Italy. We love Stefano, him. man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and he sent a message. Saying, I'm gonna sue. No, not sue you, but we maybe, have to pay maybe, the damages. Yeah, you need, or, no, no. I think he said, "I'm gonna sue you guys for vandalism or something like that." And Stefano said, "And I'm gonna sue you for kidnapping, <laughs> motherfucker." And then we never heard about in it Rostock, never again. Rostock, Germany. Was it? In yeah, yeah. I remember Rostock. very well. I remember. Very I, well. I don't. That's very funny. Very funny. <laughs> I remember. But that. that's uh, so many story. A lot of alcohol story. <laughs> Goddamn. Should we talk about that? Wolfstein If you feel up to it I, I don't I'm mind open for any I, I don't mind So we had this drive <laughs> It was It was um, The summer of 2017 On the None So Live the tour Part 2 Part 2 yeah. In Europe We were playing None So Vile In its entirety and we had this ridiculous long... We had a day off, but we had to drive from Manchester, England... To, to Germany, or no? Uh, no, into Austria. Carlton back. Carlton back, that's it. It was an impossible drive. It was not feasible with one driver. We only had one driver, and the other guys were not insured to drive. There was the ferry to think about, the time change. Everything was working against us. So we were playing at... Party Sam. And After Party Sam. Yes, and uh, this guy comes up to us and says, I'm a promoter. And I have this black metal and pagan festival called the Wolfstein yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And then he said, uh, and every every year I want a like a surprise act. That's right. I want yeah. a death metal band. And he said, every year we have at least one death metal band. And this year I, I will. No, actually, I think he said I would love to have Cryptopsy for next year. Mm-hmm. But then we were like, dude, we can do it this year. We we are free. We have a. We're supposed to drive, but it will, it will make more sense to play that show yeah. instead. So we canceled instead Manchester. Instead of Manchester. So we canceled Manchester yeah. and went straight there. And, and <laughs> we played in the afternoon. Uh, it we wasn't were, that we, bad. We were a surprise band because the, the fans were like, what is this? Yeah, but remember uh, later that night, some people at the bar told us... Making fun of my screaming, remember? Yeah, they did. And then they said, dude, you're the first death metal band to play the festival. 
ever. Like, mm. per, so it was a lie. <laughs> it, it, it was a lie that we were the first death metal band. So the guy just lied to <laughs> it us. It was a nice festival. That was a nice festival. Yeah, and in the middle of the wood, we got super, super black metal. We, we got set up in these beds, which was uh, in an old schoolhouse. Yeah. So it's like a big long hallway with rooms on either side. With, with 12 beds in every room. It was really weird, yeah. <laughs> really, really weird. Just like a camp. You know, yeah, uh, we were like tired by that point, so we were just happy to lie down. And we start having some beers. They gave us some coupons. They gave us... But it sort of like just unraveled once you met up with... Uh, Belfagor. Yeah. From Belfagor. Yeah, that's when I'll let you take things got weird. <laughs> I just, I, we were already drunk, and me and Serpent, we, the bass player from Belfagor, we just... Destroy a bottle of vodka, of absolute vodka. We drink the whole thing, the two of us, and I don't remember anything. Like <laughs> honestly, I don't remember anything. And we were in in their dressing room, and I remember the the whole band was there. You you were there, Flo. Yeah, yeah, Chris yeah, were yeah. there. And at some point, Chris, because I was sharing the room with Chris, he was like, "Oh man, I, I'm tired. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to bed, man." So, uh, and I had the key, so yeah, I gave him the key. But I told him, "Dude, when I come back and I knock at the door, open the door. That's that's it. All right, no problem." I don't know what happened. <laughs> after after we were done, me and Serpent, I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm going back to my room." I knock at the door. Nobody answered. Like, Chris wasn't there. Like, fuck. And I started, like, I don't know. I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm... Where's Chris? What am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm not going to sleep on the floor. What the fuck? <laughs> so I smashed the door, and it was a glass. Like, uh, no, no. Uh, the, the door, it was like a old school... How do you say that? Blandy? No, like Double pane glass. Yeah. yeah. And it was I, like a, a small window that yeah. you could look into. Yeah. So small. you start banging on that. And I just destroyed the window. Oh, no, from what I, I remember, no, there was I a kick. big dude. There was a big dude. Yeah, before I destroyed yeah. the window, there's this German dude. Because <laughs> like, other people were sleeping yeah. in this place, too. The dude came and he's like, Yo, shut up! We tried to sleep! And I don't remember personally, but I, apparently I started yelling at the guy. And the guy was scared of you. The guy was scared of me. <laughs> Dude, I'm a midget. <laughs> I was, so you kicked the, the, the window. Then I kicked the door, <laughs> uh, the, the window, like the, the glass window. And I... I would have loved to have seen this. My leg was cut wide open. And then I I, I remember then I punched the door because my, uh, my wrist... No, not my wrist. My, my knuckles. My knuckles were like I was. The next day I was bleeding. I was like, "What?" Yeah, the yeah. Heck? That, uh, the Carlton Back uh, Festival was the next day and the last day of that tour, and they yeah. had they had a good first aid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank, <laughs> they, thank they, you. They hooked him up good. So we woke up the next morning. This is my memory. I wake up the next morning and I was already a bit out of it. Uh, and I went walking in, and you guys don't walk there. There's a bunch of glass, <laughs> and I was like, "What's going on?" And there's blood all over your bed. Uh, uh, uh. And I, what, what happened before, like, like we would like repiece the stories of everyone's night afterwards is like Chris got lost going no, back to Chris was worried about me. He said, oh, I need to find Ollie because he's not going to he's not going to make it because it was dark outside. It was really, mm. really dark. Like super, like, we were in the middle of the, of the wood. Like you there was see all no the stars, light. Yeah. So it, it will it will have been easy to to get lost, you know. So Chris was like super wor- worried about me, so he he tried to find find me. And meanwhile, I was on my way back to the room. <laughs> so you missed each other. Somehow. So we missed each other, but anyway. So ba- basically, when he came back, 
I would just lay down on the floor in front of the... Oh, you never oh, got into the door even though you broke the window. And I tried <laughs> to fit <laughs> in that window. <laughs> Do you remember this, though? Nope. Uh, nope, but I think that's what I did. <laughs> I'm not sure, basically. Honestly, I'm not sure, but I think that's what happened. Oh, boy. But, yeah, and um, yeah, I just lay down on the floor in the broken glass, blood everywhere, and Chris came back. He saw me like <laughs> on the floor in on the glasses and blood everywhere, and he was freaking out. He was like, oh, shit, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Holy fucking shit. And maybe, then he, maybe that big German guy wasn't afraid of you and he actually just beat you up and that we've built this whole story. Well, maybe. <laughs> to maybe, seem like uh, you're tough. Maybe I got my ass kicked by this dude. <laughs> and Mother. he tried to fit you through the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> what is your favorite part of touring? A free booze. <laughs> Next question. No, no. Uh, no, no. Uh, obviously, playing the show. Because when you're on tour, sometimes you... Um, after a while, you just... It gets it, sometimes it's really boring, you know. Being on the road, you do nothing, you just wait to play, and then you every day you ask yourself why I'm here, you know. But when you hit the stage, it, everything makes sense again. It's like, oh yeah, that's why I'm here. That's the cool part of the day. It's it's like something special, you know. There's nothing in this world that can compare to it. I can compare this feeling to anything because it's unique. It's just it's you're on stage, you play music. You, It's like, I don't know, it's like a, almost like a therapy, you know, I don't know. When you play a show, uh, something special is happening to you inside and especially when it's a good show, when the, the mm. crowd they have, they reacts good to, to, your, to your set. And it, could be a, it could be a hangover cure. It's well, always like, a hangover Like, like in London, <laughs> on Hell Over Europe. London, oh, London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, London. That was yeah. Let's talk about it. I've never that, been so hungover, dude. That <laughs> it was the night after the podcast. That's yeah. It's right after that, the last episode of Vox and Up. Here we go. No, you. Here we go. This is Vox and Up. And uh, we were so hangover the whole day. I was a asking myself, how 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 I'm gonna gonna be able to play tonight? Like I'm. I'm a zombie right now. There, I can't, I was not able to to eat. Like, <laughs> like I was I was too fucked up. The food But wasn't very good, so I no, no, too. dirty spaghetti. <laughs> Goddamn. Anyway, but we did. We played well. Actually, we. It was like it was great. Almost it every was night great, we played yeah. well most of the time. Even when we are hangover, sometimes better. We're better hangover. You know? That show was really good, and, and the, the, the crowd was. One of the craziest crowds ever. And that to. night, the Slipknot bass player was in the crowd. And then he messaged us. He sent us a message. He was like, I really like your show, blah, 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 blah. I was like, what? Yeah. We were so hangover. And yeah. shh, we never know, huh? You never know who's there, who's, what's who's happening. In the crowd. And that's, that, that was cool. That was a cool moment, though. The rest of the night was cool. I remember we, we drank that night. We, were we over, went to a little we pub drank. down the street. Yeah. yeah. We had a few cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> What um, is a tour or a band that you have not played with or a tour that you've not done that you would that like would to do? To. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot. But a logical choice for Cryptopsy, for example, I would love to tour with Meshuga. Like I think it's so different. But I think it will make sense in a certain way. 
because it's both super intricated. It's, I don't know, it's for music nerds, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, Meshuga, I would have loved to tour with Dillinger, but now they're done. But I would have loved to do, to do that. They're done for now. Uh, for now. They're coming never, back. Never, calling s- it. Never say never. What else? Obviously, Cannibal Corpse, we did it, but we'll tour with them anytime because it's such a. For death metal, it's the best stage to play. It's supporting Cannibal Corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we think big, I would say Slayer. Mm. Yeah, Slayer, big time. Because anyway, uh, they are on their farewell tour for the next 10 years. <laughs> so maybe we, we we're might, next. You know, maybe we're low on the, the list mm-hmm. and we might hit that eighth, we, we, eighth, eighth last year like of maybe, touring. Yeah, like uh, Cryptopsy and Slayer and uh, 20, maybe, I don't know, 20, 25. <laughs> the final. The final one <laughs> ever. Yeah, right. Okay, moving on to our next beer. We're moving on to the Turbo B number three. It's, it smells uh, cidery. I think we ordered a cider. Maybe. Yeah. C7 might be cider. Yeah, no, I think cider it's a, seven or Yeah, I think it's a cider. It's not a beer at all. Oh, well, we'll drink it anyways. That's bullshit. Not bad, actually. Let's talk about your love of wrestling. As you said, that's bullshit. It reminded me. Bullshit. My love of wrestling. My love for wrestling is bigger than my love for music. Really? You <laughs> think no, so? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, it's just, it's just something that since, since I'm young, like maybe seven, eight years old, I've always been, I don't know, attracted by wrestling. It's so so much fun. You just can't turn your brains off and just enjoy the moment. And it's stupid. Like, everybody knows it's stupid. But I don't know. It's not worse than any reality shows or... I don't know. I think the, all the, 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 the script and the, the, the storyline are so cheap and weak, but it's so funny at the same time. And it, I don't know. I, I don't know why I love this, actually. It's just there's something, every time I watch wrestling, have fun. I, I gotta every tell single you, time. I gotta t- when I was a kid, I liked it a lot. I watched it with my dad. The whole... Uh, you know, late Hulk Hogan era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, what's his the name? Classic, the classic Macho Man. Macho Randy Man Savage. and the the bad guy. Jake with, Snake. With, yes, and uh, Bret Hart, of course. The Million Dollar And then man. I rediscovered wrestling on tour with you. Yeah, Devastation uh, on the Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Alexander Kendrick. Yeah, avid wrestling fans, big, and, and we had wet, we had wrestling nights, and it was fun. It, it, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun actually. It's like uh, nothing's changed, but everything's a little bit different. It's yeah, it's all because it's because WWE is still run by the McMahon, so it's the same all over again since the since the eighties. It's always the same story. They just change the character. They 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 try to be modern. Like right now, it's all, it's the, how do they call that? It's the reality era, I would say. Because now, every time they promote something, it could, it can be like, oh, this guy, he tweets something about me. and blah, blah, blah. Really? Yeah, but it, it's all fake. Yeah. They try to make you believe that it's real because they try to build something outside of the show, you know? Mm. But it's, Everything is script. It's part of the show. Actually, like when Bill Goldberg came back uh, two years ago, he went to ESPN and he just—I don't know—I I can't remember. He talked shit about Brock Lesnar or whatever, but it was—it was all script. It was part of the show. But 
outside of the show. You know what I mean? So it's smart still. P- yeah. It's I think it's smart, but they don't. They have no other choice. They they need to be uh, relevant. Relevant. That's it. Because otherwise, man, it's they can't do the same thing. The UFC. They, and they, it's almost like the UFC. Basically, they try to to do the exact same promo, promotion as UFC fight fighting wise. Like um, I don't know. They try to build personal story instead of supernatural thing like back then when the Undertaker <laughs> yeah he's a dead man he was one of my favorites yeah dude Razor when I was a kid I was too. sure he was a dead man for for <laughs> real like dude this guy has some Magical power. I don't I was, know. But I was very, very disappointed in the American badass though. When, when, <laughs> when he came back, was that it? Was that the American? Is that the right name? No. I liked it. You know why? Because Kid Rock did this song. <laughs> <laughs> I am American badass. <laughs> like it. Hello, call my motherfucking name. They call me Ball with the motherfucking ball. Ball with the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's my job. Who is your favorite uh, all-time wrestler? Wrestler? Yeah. But Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, big time. Uh, but nowadays, I would say Kevin Owens. Really? He's the, yeah, he's the man. I was expecting Brock Lesnar for some reason. Uh, yes and no. Because I really love to make the jokes about Brock. Because the, the, the inside joke is me calling myself Brock. I pretend mm-hmm. to be Brock Lesnar, but I'm the complete opposite of Brock Lesnar. Ollie's very short. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a midget. That's why. No, no, midgets, I think midgets are 4'10 and <laughs> lower. Little people they like to be yeah. called now. But but no, I, I love just the, the fact that Brock is the most relevant guy because he's, he's a UFC champion, but he was a UFC champion, but he still is a Dude, he's he's a scary dude, man. He he can hurt someone, but big no. time. Kevin Owens is from Montreal. But Kevin Owens, yeah, the, yeah. Not, not only because he's from Montreal, but I, he's he's funny. Every time he put a promo, every time he cut a promo, I mean, he is so damn funny. Like, he's so entertaining just to listen and watch the dude. And he's a great wrestler, but he's he's a fat dude. But he still is. I don't know. He managed to. To do all these tricks, like all the flip and the jump from the third ropes and stuff really? like that. Yeah. So like, you don't expect a big dude to do that kind of You'll stuff. You have to educate me on the hell over America last week oh, we party. You and Kendrick bring me to school. It's April 7th. It's a WrestleMania night. We'll be in Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for the people they hate of April. I'm sorry. Why is I'm that the day be after? Suing over. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think is the next up-and-coming death metal band? Whoa. I finally listened to that band that Chris always talk about Shadow of Intent. The vocalist is monstrous. Oh, yes. That's who Sven said that he was the yeah, up-and-coming best vocalist. Yeah, I think he mentioned, he mentioned yeah. that dude. Yeah. Uh, death metal band. It's hard to say because, honestly, these days, uh, I don't listen to a lot of death metal. I listen to a lot of black metal for a reason. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's weird. Like a band like Glow Your Belly or uh, I really love... Um, I don't know if you can pronounce that right, but the Polish man Mgwa, Mgla, no, M J L A Mgwa. Oh yes, I saw, we saw, I saw a bunch of shirts Mgwa. of that on tour. When Dude, we were this Europe. band is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, this and uh, oh no, death metal band, um, Vitriol. Dude, he's like 
a, a very serious version of Eight Eternal okay. kind of band. They don't fuck around. Like I saw some live video and it's pretty impressive. Like it's it's a three piece, like uh, one guitar player, vocalist, one bass player, vocalist, and a drummer, and it's intense. It's really intense, but they're really good. So I'm gonna keep an eye on them. I mm-hmm. think right now they just have two EPs, the or one EPs and a single, something like that. But check them out. Vitriol, vitriol, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. As I as I was mentioning earlier, I'd love to do like a U.S. run. Smaller club shows, us headlining, but with like solid mm-hmm. opening acts. So maybe that, that could be a, a band that, that, could that be an we option. Can, yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? And there's a buzz on them on the, the internet. I don't know if it's relevant or not. Because <laughs> the dude, the guitar player, he, he did a bunch of uh, playthrough video, but he's really intense. You can feel like he love he love what he's doing. Like he, he's he's just not there sitting. And, uh, being a nurse with his guitar, no, no, the guy, he's headbanging and he's really into it. So, yeah. Check it out. Vitriol. 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 Next beer is from Brasil Haricana, my second home. Love that place. It's Champagne numero 4, which is a um, Belgian-inspired triple beer, a triple Belgian-inspired beer, uh, which has been fermented with... um, Elevier de Champagne. So it's like a brute style, triple Belgian style beer. Like du mou de raisin. Yeah. It's going to be special, of course, because it's Harry Canna. Ooh. Nice. Color again is like uh, light straw. Nose is uh, very, like, malty almost. Yeah. I really um, like this one. Taste wise, is, uh, it's refreshing. Boozy, nice. but yet refreshing. Yeah. I for summertime for sure. That's a good, good choice. Delicious, very delicious. Love Barasiri Harikana. Harikana, love it. Yeah, love, love, it. It. love it. Been a while since I've been there, but they have good food as well. What is uh, the best piece of advice that you received as a musician starting out? As a musician, yeah, it's gonna sound cheesy, but just to stay true to yourself. I would say, like never try to, I don't know, never try to fit in a mold if you don't belong there, like. Example, a lot of my, especially my parents and a lot of my friends is like, ah, if you want to be a professional musician and do do that as a living, you should play something more mainstream or whatever. Uh, you know, nah, I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm not, I'm not gonna be happy at the, at the end of the day. Like, I just start to imagine myself being like on the road. It's just a scenario, but imagine like playing f- with for Justin Bieber. Mm. It's a big gig, you know, and yeah, it's a different world, uh, basically. But I don't think I will be happy because, like, because, like I said earlier, the, the the fun part of being on tour is playing the show. But if I don't enjoy the show, what's the point? You know what I mean? That interaction, yeah, yeah. But uh, but it's always depend. It depends because I, I, mean, I said Justin Bieber, but could be anything else but I, I enjoyed a lot of pop artists to be honest but I don't know it's just what, what's the, the pop artist you enjoy the most that embarrasses you the most uh, what the, the potentially most embarrassing pop artist you do enjoy uh, embarrassing you're not embarrassed by it but no uh, if if um, you know by pop a, a metal hater it's, heard it uh, but I, 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 I don't know <laughs> 
It's not going to be embarrassing, whatever, but I really love... I, I love Post, Ma Post Malone. I think he's super catchy. He's almost a metalhead at this point. That's why I said that. I'm not embarrassed to say that, because... Dude, he, this guy has more posts on metal injection and blabbermouth than me, so... It's true. He's metal as fuck. It's true. <laughs> so, Post Malone, I think he's cool. Uh... But no, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not. Sh I'm not ashamed of anything. I don't. Back then, I used to be because I was a real metal guy, you know. But now I'm like, I don't care. I love a lot of different music. My playlist on my phone is so is like uh, diversified. Mm -hmm. I listen to jazz, like hip hop, blues, death metal, black metal, grindcore, everything. If I like it, if I like the music, I'm not gonna. Stop just because of a, a name like oh it's called hip hop. I shouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't mind, dude. If I like it, I like it. That's it. We, we touched on uh, cattle, but we didn't really hit up um, a curian. Yep, yep. Well, when is that? Uh, give people a rundown of what that okay. is. Uh, so yeah, right, the album is done. It's complete. We have the final master version. We have the artwork. The 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 artwork, the layout, it's all done. So right now we are looking for maybe a label. Uh, we're not sure yet because we're not going to sign with anybody just to be on a label. We need a good deal or we're thinking maybe independent. If there's no good deal and it's better for us to be independent, I think that's what we're going to do. But we're, we don't know yet. Right now... <laughs> We are looking for a label. I would say we are we are, we are sending our stuff to labels, and we'll see. What what is the biggest obstacle? The fact of the finances, or the fact of the minimal touring that you guys have in mind? Because uh, we don't want to tour. Yeah, I, I don't know if we uh, we want to play a show. You don't think you'll ever play a show? At first, when we started this project, we were not supposed to play any shows. But not even now, here, not even here in Montreal. No, but now we are thinking about it. We're like, if there's If the offer the offer is right, why not? Like, we never say no, you know? But uh, we're not going to go play the foofs and sell tickets no, no, yeah, no, or no. stuff like that. We're not going to pay to play. So we just, if the offer is right, we'll do it. But otherwise, no. We're, we're not running for a show. We're not running after it. Like, how, how long has this project been in the works? Longer than I, than I am in Cryptozy. Uh, we start Acurion right after uh, after uh, Naraxis. Because I was with Naraxis and our last show we did was October 2011. And I think in November of that year, Rob and Mike DiSalvo started that project. And in 2000, the beginning of 2012, Rob ask me if I want to, to be with them really? and to join the okay. project. So like, yeah. So we start writing some music. So the, basically the three first songs we uh, we have, we wrote for Acurion, they were supposed to be for maybe a future Naraxis album. It's... When the album is going to be out, you'll you notice can feel it, there's yeah, yeah. three songs that are different than the that rest. That are different than okay. the others. And that were... They were supposed to be something else. I, I've heard some of it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I can't wait to release it. It's been so long, man. Like, for me, all the songs are old. Mm -hmm. It's old stuff. Like, uh, we wrote the majority of the song in my old apartment, me and Rob. J just 
the two of us jamming like the old school way to do it mm-hmm. it's just writing music together and we took our time and it's dude like I said we started in 2012 now it's 2019 and the album is not out yet it's it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy but, but it's done the album is just mixed master it's all done it, and dude we have Luke Lemay on the album he did an or- orchestration but it's not just an orchestration he basically he wrote a song for us it's like a four or five minute pieces of um, just orchestra with strings violin and all that stuff it's epic man it's so good hmm. and like Luke like, like the song Gorg- he did uh, from Gorgas, Gorgas yeah. on Colored Sand yeah he did yeah uh, yeah, yeah it's beautiful that but song. he did a track yeah. like that really? for us So you have Luke, you have... We have Luke, we have uh, Jean-Marie, which is a, he's a guitar player and singer and uh, vengeful, but not really, he's doing back vocals, and he's, but he's the original Venge- guy, he's, Venge- the, he's, the, he's the main writer. Vengeful is Jean-Marie's band. He's Jean-Marie. Shout out to Jean-Marie. Jean-Marie, you see. But yeah, Jean-Marie, he's doing some back vocals on the album, and we also have uh, Lord Warm. We have Warmy on the album. Actually, on the opening track of the album, oh, yeah. we have Luke, Jean-Marie, and Warmy singing uh, the chorus with Mike. So it's like a super epic chorus. And uh, otherwise, we have Geneviève, which is Mike, Mike D's wife, which now she's... Really? Oh. Yeah, she, she passed away too. So it's super... Doing some clean vocals? Clean, yeah. So it's... It's like a very sentimental. S- s- yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. For for Mike and Extremely us, emotional, yeah. super emotional part. Especially the the chorus she sings is like a a duo with Mike. It's something unique that it, we can't recreate anytime. It's it's just so personal. The the songs, the lyrics, everything. It's mm. it's powerful. I remember when uh, we gather, me and Rob and Mike, and we listen to the final mixes, and we almost dropped tears because it was so sad to listen to that song. It was like, holy shit, man. That, heavy, that, yeah. that chorus, it's, yeah, it's heavy. You know? <laughs> I want to talk about uh, when you joined Cryptopsy and how John Levasseur yeah. called you, okay. and then you lived at his house for a bit. Yeah, because I don't think people know about this. I know that we yeah. talked about this in part one. So, uh, do you remember? Yeah, I, 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 I remember. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it, uh, halfway through, it turned into a real interview. But uh, <laughs> it took some time. <laughs> if you said so. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the thing is, it was somewhere in I think November 2011, and it was nine in the morning on a weekday. I had a phone call from a unknown number. Like, what the fuck? Who's calling me at this that time of the day? Pick up the phone. And this guy was so intense. Like, hey. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit. So I had to get up. Like, hey, hey, who's talking? Say, like, hey, it's John Levasseur. Like, what? John Levasseur? So in my mind, I didn't know. Cause I was like, no, there's no way he's going to ask me to play bass for cryptopsy like you know there's no way why me you know but at the same time i was like why he's calling me i don't even know the the dude i never met the guy or whatever so why he's calling me and then he told me uh, so yeah chris chris donaldson he he uh, he mentioned your name the other day because we were looking for a new bass player and i work with chris for the Narax album mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. how the things happen chris was like oh man i know this guy man ollie 
Ali from Naraxis and Naraxis they, they, they didn't split up but they don't do much these days so call him so he gave me a call so I was freaking out man and I think it was on the same day or the day after John was like okay I'm coming over at your place man he showed up with his Strat Stratocaster man the guitar the guitar with Stratocaster with EMG pickup yeah and he showed uh, he showed me Slit Your Guts Cold Eight Warm Blood and Fobophile and we just jammed those songs and then he just he asked me so uh, we're gonna jam full band tomorrow wanna come like uh, there's no real audition or whatever no you know, no. You know it's funny I don't remember that jam <laughs> Oh, I do, I, I do remember. Oh my god, that flows. That flows. I don't. In the I, basement. I don't remember that. <laughs> and I didn't have my ba- bass cap, so I had to play in the PA. So oh, my okay. bass sound was terrible. It was shitty. But I don't know. Apparently, I did great that day. Because it, it, it was weird. Because nobody told me. Yeah, you're in the band. It, we did that jam, and then you just kept getting called. Yeah, John was like, okay, but I'm gonna come, come at my place, and we're gonna, I'm gonna teach you the new, the new stuff because it was before the the self title. That's right. So yeah. when I joined the band, John like, had, like just, I said, John he, had just come back. He, yeah, he he, he, ju- he just came back, and he teach me those three songs, and then we jump on the new materials. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I had to do was to write some baseline on all the new stuff, and then he played Two Pam Torch. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh, I never signed for this. But it, that was song seven. It was, a, it, was, it was song seven. It was song seven. He had it in his mind. He's like a dude that like had songs in his mind yeah. and had to get them out. He, he had the full thing in his in mind. His mind. That's yeah. disturbing. He doesn't write guitar on his guitar. He no. writes them not on paper. He no. writes them in, in his, his mind and has to get them out. Yeah. Yeah, he's That's intense. Very intense fun dude. But yeah, yeah two pound tour. So you lived at his house? Yeah, basically he, for uh, two or three months, I spent three, four days a week at his house I slept there we I woke up at 9 or 10 we played we jammed together me and John the whole the full day the whole day man it was just playing Cryptopsy and twice or no three times a week three nights a week but then we used to go at flows jam yeah, yeah, sometimes really without intense. you guys yeah. without you and Chris it was just me John and Flo and uh, so I had to learn to do I learned the the new material in a month and a half or something and wrote your parts and w- yeah it was intense man. really really intense but it was a challenge because I John the first thing he asked me uh, are you can you slap can you slap the bass and I never did before really? before Cryptopsy really I did one there's one part on the Raxis that I just slapped for fun and you know what's funny when, uh, when I did it on the Naraxis album, because I wrote that song on the Naraxis called V, and there's that part is I ripped off a Cryptopsy riff, <laughs> and I slap on that riff. And Chris, he told because he was a producer, he told me, dude, it sounds like Cryptopsy. You are wearing a sandwich. But it was after the Unspoken King, oh. so and then so Chris is like, but they don't do that anymore. So fuck, fuck off. You can do it. <laughs> like. Okay. And now here you are. So, so that that's, was my first attempt at slapping the bass. With Nera- with, that was with Naraxis. And then John asked me, I would love to have a bass player. We play some slap and stuff like that. So I bought a book of slap and I learned 
Really? When I joined the band. I had no fucking idea. I had, because before that, I never, never, never slept. I, I hated it. And now I love it, but it just, I, I think I hated it because I was not able to do it. Yeah, you weren't yeah. comfortable with it. I was like, I can do it. Challenging so you. Fuck that. that shit. <laughs> but now no, I'm comfortable doing it. So. Last beer. This is uh, the Russian Imperial Stout from Verudin. We always keep the dark for last. As Cryptopsy would say, c'est du gros jus. C'est du gros jus, tabarnak. Ah, c'est du bon jus. Good juice. Oh, it's coffee, too. It's a Russian Imperial Stout Café de Vruden. It is uh, extremely dark. It tastes like sweet coffee. Good. Bitter, it's very bitter. That's my kind of beer, especially wintertime. It's my to-go beer. It's so good. So what does your year look like? Let's recap with how busy Ollie's going to be. Okay. Wow. So... Uh, we're starting that tour the all over North America the Blast Beat Party the the Blast Blast Beat Party start on March 19 so from March 19 till April 20 something like that yeah Uh, yeah, I'll put all the ticket links in the description yep and yeah so I'm gonna be uh, with you guys doing that tour aborted cryptopsy benighted and uh, idiot divinity then right after that, I'm going to join the cattle guys who are doing the, recording the new album. So it's, it's going to be an intense process. It's going to be two months of touring, then studio, then and I'm going to miss that tour, that May tour with Cryptops in Europe. But It'll be our most lucrative tour, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so studio till uh, June after. Half of June, I would say, and can can we announce it? July? Is, yeah. is it? Is it? It'll be, out, it'll be out by the time this is out. So go for it. All right. Okay. So July, we're gonna we're doing our. F- is it our the first? Cryptopsy? It's our first. Yeah, it's Cryptopsy's first, first Asian, Asian tour. tour. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have all the dates right now, but I'm super excited for this. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be super Omega. fun. Yeah, super fun. So yeah, and there's other things and. August and I can't say right now but I'm going to be probably in the US and then September I don't know yet but one thing is sure with Crypto and Cattle releasing a new album right now you're going to be busy I'm going to be busy yeah. like there's al- I think there's already there's plans already for uh, the fall there's discussions there's yeah. discussions on both but sides on I'm both sure. sides on both sides so all of this being said, it, it really just reinforces the fact that we should start writing Tome 3 yeah. sooner than later. We should. Yeah. We should. I Apparently, Chris have some stuff already. I, I, think, I think we some should do Some riffs that. and curious to hear that. Thank you for coming here. Yep. Drinking good beer with me. Love this place. Uh, yep. We, we had this uh, private uh, yeah, section of nice the bar for us, nice, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, cheers and... Uh, to many more beers together and I wish you all the success with cattle. Thank we'll make you. it work. El Sotin. <laughs> hey boys and girls, thank you so much for listening right to the end of Vox and Hops episode number 21 with Olivier Binard. Uh, I call him Ollie. I like to call him Ollie. I'm more comfortable with that. Uh, as a reward, 
we talk a lot about this last episode. Uh, I, I dropped in a few little moments. Um, only me and him will really notice that I've, I've spliced in something. As a reward for listening right to the end, I shall now play you the intro of the last episode with not Olivier Pinard, but with the infamous Elo. Here it is. Here we go. No, oh, you, here we go. This is Vox and Ops number 20. Hey, you're boxing up. This is with Elo. Elo, call my motherfucking name. They call me Ball with a motherfucking ball. And uh, this is my basis. Matthew Mitt, motherfucking Megaki, aka Dr. Dre Megaki. Where are we right now? I don't know. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. So, so now you 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 get the gist of why that is the forgotten lost episode. Uh, it 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 gets messy and only messier from then there on. Um, I love talking with Ollie. He's he's a great guy. I have I'm very blessed to, to be able to tour with him. Coming up on the next episode of Vox and Hops. On Vox and Hops episode number 22, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dave Boucher. Now, who is Dave Boucher? Dave Boucher is the dude, the brain master, the man behind Extensive Enterprise. Extensive Enterprise is one of the biggest booking agents. He is one of the biggest booking agents in Montreal. There are uh, the big, big boys like Avenco, Greenland, and then there's Dave. Um, that being said, when I was in Three Mile Scream and I got my first big gig, it was Dave that booked it. I've always uh, held him in uh, high esteem. He is uh, uh, the nicest dude, like for considering how much he brings to the city scene-wise, uh, he brings to the scene music-wise, and uh, how many people he's connected with he is so down to earth he's always 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 been super nice to me even when i was a little opening act on one of his bills um we met up at uh, one of montreal's best bars if not the best brew pub it is uh, we met up at Zio du ciel uh, we had we met there right after this crazy snowstorm hit montreal and we both woke up and we like messaged each other like are, are you still down to meet and we were like i was like yeah well i'm on foot and he's like well i'm on foot so we made our way there we we drank a excellent pint and he tells me all about how he got into this crazy world of booking bands some of the obstacles that comes with that um, some advice that he'd have for future people some of his best shows his worst shows uh, the best moments the worst moments uh, check all that out on vox and hops episode number 22 with dave boucher from extensive enterprise if you like this podcast, if you want to support it, the best way to do that is to go and rate it five stars. Why do that, you ask? Well, the more ratings that I get, it'll be easier for others to find when they're looking for the podcast. Rate it five stars and it'll be easier for other people to find the podcast when they're looking for it. Also, you can share it with your friends. If you know that they like tour anecdotes, if they like good beer, if they like uh, hearing um, two metalheads sit down and talk about music, share it out there. I appreciate uh, all the kinds words I've been getting recently. I, every week I get more and more positive feedback. I really appreciate all of you listening to uh, Vox and Hops and uh, telling their friends about it. I just really, really feel 
grateful, and uh, I sincerely appreciate all the support that I've been receiving. Keep it going. Keep sharing it. Um, if you haven't liked the Facebook page or liked uh, any of the social pages, uh, please do subscribe. And uh, I'll keep coming at you next week with another great episode on Vox and Hops, episode number 22. Have yourself a great weekend. Hang out with your family. Hang out with your friends. Hang out with your loved ones. Drink some great beer. And have a good one. Cheers, all you Vox and Hops heads. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.